When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. This is Britt Lightning from the band Vixen and Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. And I'm here with Jay Scott. And you're listening to The Hook Rocks. Rock crowd, throw your arms around me. I feel glad when you all surround me. It's you, it's you who grounds me. When you're done, put me back where you found me. For the show, I never know if I could make it. I spend each day, each day trying not to fake it. Every morning is a constant struggle. But when I'm with you, my life it makes perfect sense. Rock crowd, throw your arms around me. I feel glad when you all surround me. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. It's Jay, and this is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying warm. It is absolutely miserable here in Chicago. It was like 10 degrees today. It's going to be minus 9 tonight. Uh, definitely not beach weather, I will tell you that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah, so... Just trying to stay warm, trying to stay, uh, you know, moisture, you know, or moist. I shouldn't say that. Trying to stay, trying to get rid of the dry skin because your hands feel different and everything feels different. So, uh, yeah. But welcome back. It's the Hook Rocks. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, great network of music-related podcasts. I always mentioned... Baco from Cobras and Fire, Tom and Zeus from Shout Out Loudcast, the number one Kiss podcast, Mistress Carrie, Martin Popoff, the Rock Historian, and the Hanging and Banging podcast with Ron and Esty, Carmen Apice, and Vinny Apice. Check out Pantheon at PantheonPodcast.com, uh, on Twitter at Pantheon Pods, and also on Facebook. Also, check out our episode from the fall. You can Dial back into the archives of the Hook Rocks and check out the Real Me podcast where we had the host, Erin Alden. She works with the Real Me She's the host of the Real Me podcast. And that focuses on Teen Cancer America, the great charity started by Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend of The Who. We talk about the inspiring stories uh, on that podcast and what's to come here in the future with more 
great stories. Teen Cancer America really focuses on young adults and teens who are facing cancer and dealing with cancer and showing them the power of music and the healing power of music by writing songs and recording songs. It's really a great charity. So please check that out. Also check out some great previous episodes. We had conversations and collaborations. This is part two with Travis McCready, formerly of Bishop Gunn, now of Travis McCready and the Tramp. Uh, we also uh, were joined by Jennifer Lauren from Diamonds and Whiskey, uh, two great emerging artists. And that was a follow-up to part one with John Nano from Dirty Honey and Tyler Baker from Goodbye June. Both episodes were very well received. So thank you very much for tuning in. Also check out our epic journey episode of the year-end celebration of 2021 and the albums that came out and where we ranked them and what we thought about them. Two episodes, six hours of discussion, 160 albums, contributions from previous guests like Skylab Tapes, Robin the Hood, Kaz from the Heavy Rock Show, Anna Stella, Real Don Jameson, Pete from Pete's Diary, Matthew Wake, the list goes on. I know I'm forgetting uh, Chris Preston from uh, Rock These Tweets, My Rock and Roll Heaven, and many more. So please check those out. Uh, they're always very well requested and very well received. We really get into it. I think we're the only podcast that really covers not just the legacy artist and kind of the well-known names, but also names from the emerging rock scene, as well as the unknowns. Bands that are regional, bands that are, you know, obscure, that have released material. Uh, we have a very wide range. The band that comes to mind is the band that we had on here previous is the Age of Truth. Uh, we had Kevin, the lead singer, on. That was one of the top-rated albums by multiple uh, contributors. Multiple contributors had it on the list. So that is a band and an album, the album's Resolute, to check out. So please do with that. We also had... Emerging rock bands back in December. Like I said, we had Ron and Nesty from the Hanging and Banging podcast. We had The Warning back on the show to talk about the postponement of their tour early in January. And many other great episodes. So thank you for tuning in. January uh, is been awesome in terms of listenership and you guys tuning in. So thank you very much. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the hook rocks, Facebook at the hook rocks, and also follow us wherever you do podcasts. We are on every platform. So please check us out and don't forget to set your app to automatic download. So you get all the latest and greatest hook rocks episodes and makes your commute so much more enjoyable, especially in this weather makes your life so much less stressful. And nine out of 10 doctors says it makes you happier. So uh, please check it out. One of the contributors for the end of the year celebration is back on the show. So glad to hear her voice. I'm so glad to have her back on. She is the best kept, best kept secret in podcasting for all you podcast hosts that are out there. I'm telling you, you got to have her on your show and it's christy and eagle what's going on how are you christy hi jay and thank you for that that was very sweet and uh, i'm doing great and it's wonderful to be back here on the hook rocks really appreciate it 
Yeah. And I was trying not to laugh too hard when you said it's not beach weather in Chicago. Um, <laughs> living at the beach. Um, it was a little bit chilly today is 61 and, uh, I have on socks. <laughs> That's see, when it gets above 40 in Chicago, we put on shorts. It's like I'm this stressed. is a heat wave. This is a heat wave. Because you got to understand, you know, like December, January, February, parts of March are so cold that when you have that warm up to like 43, it feels warm. You're like, dude, I'm putting shorts on. I got a, I got a short, shorts on and a hoodie. That's what we walk around with. I lived in New York City for two years. And uh, yeah, Uh, when it was 40, the little tables at the restaurants came out and set up so you could sit outside. I'm Mm -hmm. like, it's only 40. It's like 45. What are you guys doing? And I, so we're eating outside. <laughs> I have a friend who's from Tennessee and she used to have family up here when she would come and visit. She came one time during a snowstorm and like she got home and she texted me. She's like, what's it with, with people in Chicago that are driving 80 miles an hour on the highway in the middle of a snowstorm? <laughs> I'm like, because we learn how to drive in that stuff. And this is like nothing. That is crazy. We're a different yeah. breed out here, you know? Uh, you're hardy uh, people because I, I had to get the heck out of New York City before I had one more winter in the snow. I'm like, uh, no, I can't do it. I'm weak. <laughs> so here I am in California. Well, it's, gra- it's, it's glad to have you back. Glad to have you back on the show. It's been a while. Um, Obviously, there's reasons for that, but, uh, you know, glad to get back, at, you know, into it with you and rock discussions because you always bring so much research and so much knowledge to the show and the listeners really do enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah. We are what now. Are we what's that? I said, and what we're going to talk about today is like um, really timely. Yeah, 2022 is off to a shaky start in terms of concerts and shows. There have mm-hmm. been some great shows that have happened, namely the Smith Cotson tour that's happening on the West Coast. But here in the Midwest, in in large part Midwest and East Coast, a lot of stuff has been canceled or postponed. Um, and I think it's a, a kind of twofold. Obviously, with the variant. Is it the Omicron or Omicron, whatever it is, um, that is really affecting a lot of things because you have to remember, everybody wants to move forward. Everybody wants to do their thing. But when you have hospitalization rates near capacity, yeah, that's when you run into danger. Because what happens is, is that if someone has a life-threatening situation, whether a car accident, a heart attack, wherever, you know, or whatever that is a threat on their life, they may not be able to get the care that they need because of what's happening at the hospitals. So that's why, you know, things have to be done this way. Um, And it's frustrating, but, you know, I think there's good news on the horizon because, you know, numbers do seem to be getting better. It seems like we have peaked. So hopefully by mid February, end of February, maybe even early March, Things will definitely be back to normal. The other side, exactly. Yeah, the other side of the coin that I think is the reason is because ticket sales are coming up short, and that's because people don't want to go out and be in crowds because of what's happening. Uh, I had COVID mid December, 
through Jan- through January 1st. And literally I knew about 20 people that had it. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, ticket sales have been really soft because people are unsure. So that, that's the reason for delaying a lot of this stuff or postponing and also just because of the numbers. So I think that's really what's been happening. Well, I have a number for you here. Um, so it was on its way to recovery, the live music, uh, live music what, industry, I guess. Yeah. Um, 2021 quarter one revenues were 18.9 million with M dollars. And at the end of Q4, it was at 1.34 billion. So it did take quite a jump. It was on its way to recovery. But what's happened now is that um, because of the variant and the abundance of caution, and it was we've discussed in a previous podcast, the lack of standardized protocols for going to a live event, so many major acts have canceled or postponed or rescheduled their tours that billboard, you can go on billboard and actually the type in canceled shows or postponed shows and the list comes up and it's staggering how long it is. <laughs> it's, and that's, and of course, billboard, you're talking about all top tier uh, revenue makers and big stars, and big acts, Adele and things like that. Um, but they've just they've wiped off the, at least until Q3 or, or the end of Q2, mostly Q3 and Q4 already are being rescheduled. So that's going to wipe out a couple of quarters here of revenues for live music. Yeah. You know, some of the stuff that's been postponed that I was going to go to, I was, I was going to go see the warning and I was going to go see dirty honey and mammoth. Um, both of those, I'm trying to remember. I think the mammoth show is April now and the dirty yeah. honey. No, the mammoth show is mammoth. Dirty honey show. I think is March. And then I think the warning is April. I have to look that up. But yeah, um, yeah, I've got tickets to see Ghost and Volbeat next month. I don't know if that's going to happen. Right. And we have tickets for Greta Van Fleet and Rival Sons up in Madison uh, in March, end of March. So uh, hopefully that's crossed. Yeah, that's going to be a great bill. But yeah, it's it just seems like we took a huge step backwards and. <sighs> You know, not only are the bands affected, but the people that work there, the sound guys, the roadies, all those people have been impacted by the fact that we can't get our shit together. You know, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's like, you know, it's just frustrating. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and a lot of these bands have had COVID run through their camps, too. Right. Mm -hmm. So which makes them even more um, cautious about going out. You know, and some of the legacy acts are over a certain age. And so mm-hmm. it's even more dangerous for them. So, you know, I don't really know what another choice is. Oh, well, there is one other choice, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, for live touring, yeah, it's going to, I mean, you see that the numbers jumped huge people. There was a demand for tickets. People did want to go out and, you know, there's something magical. And we've discussed it many times about seeing a band live. You know, and I'm so jealous. Rival Sons and Grand Van Fleet. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I got my fingers crossed that that, that yeah. continues and goes on. But you know, a lot of the you know the reasons why some of these tours are being pushed back because 
if stuff gets canceled in the middle of a tour, you've already committed money right. in certain places and you don't get that back. And if you're a young emerging band, that's a big loss. That's oh, yeah. a big loss to take. So you really got to be smart in planning because, you know, if you're three shows into it and then you got to cancel the next four, well, guess what? You still got to pay your roadies. You still oh, yeah. got to pay all those people, but you got no money coming in. No. And then, you know, is in certain areas where the virus is heavy in terms of just a lot of people, no one comes to the show. You're not going to make any money anyway because of no one's there to buy your merch. So it's it's the smart thing to do for a band. It's a frustrating thing for fans and the band. Right. The bands, I should say, plural form. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like we just can't get our shit together. I mean, it was so nice going to shows last year and enjoying live music and having that feeling back again and really getting into it and seeing some great concerts to now being like, Okay, we got a way to, uh, you know, it's like, here we are, we're, we're, yeah, back to square one. Yeah, March 2020. Um, a couple things um, for all of you bands out there right now. Do not put your tour dates on your t-shirt like you usually do. <laughs> <laughs> Just put the cities maybe and you leave the dates off so that you can sell them throughout the tour in case it gets postponed, you know. And yeah, one just, of the, put the, just put the cities, you know. Yeah, the cities. Don't put the dates. And the other thing is, you know, I know companies like Live Nation and some of the smaller promotion companies, they're having staffing issues. You know, 4.5 million people retired or resigned or quit at the end, by the end of last year. And a lot of them aren't coming back into the workplace. We all know people that are looking for, you know, employees and the live music industry is one that's really suffering. You know, um, now are they making other choices. Are they talking like venue workers? Yes. Yes. So like if you're working at the forum, they can't get enough people to run the the concession stands. A lot of people left the food industry. So, you know, when you put on a concert, a big concert, you know, you have to have the whole entire staff together. You've got to have all your vendors. You've got to have your merch attendants. You've got to have ushers. You have to have cashiers. You have to have security. Well, the ranks of all of those people who would normally work, uh, they've had to move on and do other things and they're not necessarily available to come back to work, you know? Yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of, lot of shorting staff, 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 I said that wrong, staffing shortages <laughs> um, throughout the, the music industry, period, you know, because a lot of people just decided to do something else and they just can't stop what they're doing now and go back, you know? So it is interesting because a lot of people who are, are not returning to work, you know, the, the, and it's not because of the, the government aid that came mm-hmm. after that, that money's done. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so people are not getting those checks like they used to, right. but people feel that, you know, am I should I go back to school? Mm-hmm. Just do that rather than making 10 bucks an hour or, you know, Live Nation's a billion dollar corporation, billions and billions. Right. And they're paying these guys or gals Minimum. 10 bucks, 10 bucks yeah. an hour, you know? Right. So, and let's face it, the people that do those jobs have to put up with the drunks and the idiots. At the oh show. yeah. So it's oh, like, yeah, you know, right. what am I doing this for 10 bucks an hour? I used right. to make 10 bucks an hour working as a bouncer at a biker bar 
in the right. late 90s. That was 1999-98. Okay. Yeah. And people are still making 10 bucks an hour. And then it's like, what, over 20 years later? It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So uh, they just left there. You know, a lot of them started their own business uh, and you're right. A lot of people go back to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just other things you can do with your life. And so, I mean, maybe live nation, and I'm not going to pick on live nation, but maybe these organizations, these profitable companies need to up the salary a little bit to yeah. attract talent, you know, but I know that's going to be a struggle. And if they're, if they're playing in some place that was hit by COVID or they're trying to play there, I mean, that's probably going to get canceled in one of the reasons underlying reasons is going to be staffing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I haven't really thought about that, but that's a great point. I mean, it's just happening all over the place with, um, with people and, and not being able to find employees and not being able to, um, Parking attendants, I mean, yeah. all, all that kind all of infrastructure stuff. stuff. I mean, it's not really, you know, there was a very large labor pool and a lot of them are contract workers um, and they're with agencies. So an agency like, you know, Aramac, not necessarily them per se, mm-hmm. but an agency would have a whole bunch of contingency workers on the Rolodex and in their databases. And when a gig came up, like Greta Van Fleet or something, then they just send the messages out and then they get tons of people who are willing to work, yeah. you know, the gig. Well, that's just not happening. It's not happening right now. I don't know if it will come back. You know, you can't really predict the future, but the trend is not positive in that direction. So, you know. Yeah. It's so, it's such a great thing to hear that the numbers, especially in the fourth quarter, were incredible. And you have to remember, that's basically just October and part of November. Exactly. And that's a month and a half, basically, because... You know, Thanksgiving hit and then the and then the virus started to, to grow in December. Of course, like I mentioned at the beginning, I had it. Um, a lot of people had it. But to have over a billion dollars in revenue for basically six, seven weeks, that's amazing. And here we are now with nothing. <laughs> now here we are with a with a list. You can go and look at the hundreds and hundreds of concerts that have been canceled, so or postponed. But there were some bright spots, and I want to be all doom and gloom. Um, the bright spot is festivals because they're outdoors. They're obviously in the summer or the late spring, uh, like Coachella's going on and upheaval and um, a whole bunch of others I've seen uh, advertised and with tons and tons of bands on each bill. And they're outside and they, and you know, the, now the protocol on the flyers say must show proof of vax, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't even see an option for testing on site or bringing in a test, but it just says straight out must show proof of vax to get into the outdoor festival. But on the bright side, if you're vaxxed, then all right, and it's outdoors. So I think, you know, you've m- mitigated your risk. Um, and so I think the live music industry is um, really looking not to rely, but to look to the revenue from festivals this year as being a bright spot on their profit and loss sheet. I will tell you that meant a lot to me with some of the shows that I went that had proof of acts or you had to show a negative test within 24 hours or whatever it was, you know, that meant a world to me knowing that I, I was around people that, 
were vaxxed or they had tested negative. Right. Um, grant, granted, you know, it's not a hundred percent. No, you know, certain that you won't get it if you go to those things, but I do feel better that that's happening. You know, I do feel a little bit more comfortable going into an old theater with poor ventilation in the city of Chicago, <laughs> knowing that you got to show proof of vax or proof of a negative test. That means a lot, but you know, because the, the variant keeps spreading or this new variant is, I don't want to say yeah. the, the vax, um, efficiency is not as strong because you know what happens is because there's so many people who are unvaxxed the the, right. the virus keeps you know mutating into something else that becomes stronger and stronger and that's why yeah. people are with the vaccine are getting it because the unvaxxed haven't gotten it it keeps mutating into different forms making it you know making the vaccine you know, not as efficient against the first very, you know, the first strain. Right. And that's why it happens. So yes, people with the vaccine are getting it, but it's a result of the many people who don't have the vaccine that are causing these variants, these new strains to, to, to yeah. that's why, I mean, that's science. I mean, that's, right. uh, that's fact. I mean, so viruses do, you know, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what they exist for and that's what they're doing. And is it the last variant? Probably not. Yeah. You know, is this going to be an ongoing situation for the live music industry? Yeah. And, you know, they're probably going to have to do a long-term strategy and really figure out protocols and staffing and all those other things that go into it um, for the, for the next variant, you know, this isn't going to stop. Right. And so when I look at it, everything looks really short-term planning, but I think they need to develop long-term planning for the, for the variants that are going to come out in another three months and another three months and another three months. I mean, it seems like it would make sense if they had that forethought because this is going to be with us for a while. And, and also there are going to be a certain amount of people that are just never going to get vaccinated. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, what, what kind of protocols are we going to have for that? I mean, you know, I told you, I went to rival sons at the house of blues and you had to either get an onsite test if you were unvaccinated or you had to show your proof of vax to get in added like 30 or 40 minutes to the time to get into the venue. Um, but they at least had a protocol. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I think you're going to have a uh, live music industry is going to have to be agile and do some long-term planning for this. Cause it looks like it's going to be with us for a while. Yeah. You know, I keep reading articles about how this variant, you know, is the, will cause an endemic, you know, because so many people <laughs> right. will have had it. But one of the frustrating things about this pandemic and how we've handled it is because every, well, one thing is for certain, right? It's a new virus. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a, what do they call it? A novice virus. Novel. Novel. Novel novel virus. Yeah. So, so that means it's, it's new. And yet we keep hearing from all these experts about studies and all this stuff, studies contradicting the previous study that I just read. I think it's safe to say that no one really knows 
what the hell is going on, you know, That's and accurate, you know, I mean, cause it's like, you know, I can read one article one day about how people who've gotten Omicron or Omicron, or I don't even know how to pronounce it. Um, now have like these super antibodies that will right. be resistant to future strains. Well, how do they know that? I right? know. Like, how do they know it's going to be resistant to future strains? Because we don't know what the strains are going to be. I hope they're right, obviously. But again, you know, and then or, you know, we heard that, you know, the the virus will be gone by end of January, early February. Well, that's not the case. I mean, we're seeing it now. So it's just like it's really hard. And I understand to a point why people are so upset about this is because we do. I mean, there's literally dozens and dozens, hundreds of different opinions mm-hmm. and, and then you've got the the you know the the youtube videos and the facebook posts that are all these conspiracy things and everything which just adds more mm-hmm. you know logs into the fire but i think at the heart of it is just the contradiction of studies whether one's in the uk mm-hmm. whether one's in sweden whether one's in boston wherever it is that are contradicting each other because it seems to me, now I'm not a doctor. It seems to me that this virus affects everyone differently. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the, the, the challenge of this virus. Exactly. You You know, know, and I just think it's, it's here and it's not going away and we don't want to reset to 2020, March, 2020 Uh every year. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, I think people, you know, people like who are going to do live music really have to think long term in the future. We're going to be living with this. How are we going to treat it? How are we going to do it? What safety? What? How can we standardize safety protocols now that will get us all the through all the new variants that are coming towards us? Right. Yeah. What? Because, you know, every venue is for itself right now. I think everything seems there's you know i went to a small club with poor ventilation you just walked right in you know it's packed with 300 people no masks no protocols no vax no i mean and then you go to the house of blues obviously a corporation and you know i'm sure they're concerned with liability and what have you and they had a totally different protocol yeah right and and i think as a as a person who just spent you know um in California, like $125 for a ticket or 80 or at least $50 and over. Then you add parking, then you add concession. And then you like, if you're not vaxxed, oh, $40 for the vax test, you know, for the, for the COVID test, um, at the door. Right. So it's not just like it was. We've discussed it. You just walk up and walk in and have, well, a couple bars are like that. But if you want to go see any of the really bigger bands, you know, um, you've got to have some bankroll, I think, and you have to have some time and patience. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not the same, you know, if, if they'll take a, a test that's 24 hours and you have to go find a place to get tested. And I don't think the United States has really done testing very well. No. Um, th- they may say that you can find a test anywhere and I can absolutely attest having gone through a medical procedure recently, chasing down, uh, COVID tests are so hard and I've paid out of pocket uh, hundreds of dollars for COVID tests in December. So, you know, from my own situation and what I've seen, 
it's like, I think that we music has a better chance. Live music has a better chance if we work all those kinks out and make it a lot easier for the consumer for the concert goer to actually go to a concert, you know, and maybe that is reflected in the lack of sales recently, People just are like, I don't want to deal with the COVID bullshit. I just, I can't deal with it. You know, on top of everything else of going to a concert, you know? Yeah. Did I, did I tell you my COVID experience? Well, I don't think I did because um, December was just a crazy month for a lot of people. But um, yeah. so, so I wasn't feeling good. I started to get a sore throat, the sneeze, the cough, started to feel really kind of fatigued. So... I went and got a home test, the one with the two, the one with the two tests inside the package, and I tested positive. And then I tested myself the next day, and it was positive. And then I went to one of these pop-up places that say drive mm-hmm. testing and all this stuff. So I made my appointment. I go there the following morning or two mornings later or whenever it was, and I walk in or I drive up, and there's no drive-through testing, right? says drive-through testing on the window, no drive-through testing. So I'm like, that was the whole point of me doing this because I didn't want to get out of the car because I have COVID. (laughs) So I go in there and it's like this retail place and it's got like 150 square foot entrance where you stand. And there's like 15 people with me standing in 150 square feet waiting for their number to be called. And I know I have COVID and I got a mask on and I'm like, this is crazy. Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we all bunched up in a room for COVID tests? We're all here because we felt we maybe had symptoms or we were exposed to it. Right. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. So then I call my name and then I get my, you know, the, the, the test thing. And I go, okay. Um, you know, what room do I go to? Is there someone there? It's like, no, you do this yourself. I'm like, you mean to tell me like, I'm basically doing an at home test at a facility, you know? <laughs> so then I go walk basically. in. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So, so I basically, you know, I'm doing this, what I've just done, except now I've driven somewhere to do it. So I go walk in this room and it's just me. And I'm like, has any of this stuff been wiped down? Like people have COVID walking in here and they sanitize this stuff. Anytime someone comes in there, is there someone in the wiping everything down? No, there's not that. So I take the test. So then I go back and I'm waiting. We're all waiting for our test results. And everyone's, there's probably 15 people in there, right? And everyone's coming up negative, including me who tested positive. And doesn't feel good. And I'm like, just the odds alone, statistically, that's impossible, right? One person, two people are probably going to test positive in the group of people that we're at, right? And I'm not the one. So then they say, well, you'll get your 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 hard test results in 48 hours, whatever the hell that meant. I'm okay. still waiting for my test results. Oh. I haven't got it yet. I haven't right got it yet. December? Oh. So I drive on the way back. I'm like, I'm pissed. I'm like, I'm like, this was a complete waste of time. It was free. And there is that, you know, that old uh, saying that you get what you pay for. But it was just so much of a clusterfuck that <laughs> it was like, I, I mean, how is this not? How are these places not regulated? Well, they are. Illinois just shut down a whole bunch of them, which is great. But 
Like this was completely, it was a waste of time. So then on the way back, I went to Walgreens, got tested and I tested positive. Yeah. You know, so it was like that place was just a complete joke, but yeah, I've heard from people that they've had to test themselves, go get tested three, four times before they get a positive. Unbelievable. I mean, even the ones you pay for, we paid for a test, $150 for a test uh, several times over. And we go to the tent outside and it's like, oh, we're understaffed. You need to walk back to the office and see if somebody's available to help you. I'm like, we just paid $150 and you can't, there's nobody here. Mm-hmm. Literally. And so it's something that should take about five to 10 minutes. Like you say, you know, even if you could drive through, um, takes 45 minutes or an hour. And I'm like, to the consumer who's paying money and ha- doesn't have that kind of time, or if you are sick, you're not feeling good. You don't want to sit in your car for 45 minutes, but that's the kind of testing that they're putting people through. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you're, and then you see some of the images out there. I think it was in New York over the weekend where some family, including like a nine-year-old girl got arrested. Really? You know, I mean, like, what, what are we doing? I mean, I understand, you know, if someone's being belligerent or who gets physical with somebody, um, then yeah, you know, you've got to unfortunately arrest them for that, for those reasons. But, you know, if someone's just walking in and doesn't listen to the private business rules of, of being vaccinated, I mean, you can't, you can't arrest a nine-year-old girl. I, know. I mean, come on, you know, I mean, let's, 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 be, let's, let's, let's think here. Let's, let's think what we're doing, but yeah, you know, I, I don't want this to, to seem like, you know, I, I am pro mask, pro social distancing, pro vaccine. Mm-hmm. I'm pro everything on this, but I understand the, well, I will say some of the reasons why people don't want to have this vaccine is because of that conflicting information. There's other people that don't want to get vaxxed for, you know, reasons that I can't comprehend, but the conflicting information I think is a big part of it because people can't seem to get on the same page. You know, and the thing is, if you want to make it convenient for people to go to a concert and fill your concert venue, Mm -hmm. right? You need to make the testing a whole lot easier. You need to make it free you need to make it so it's not a complete hassle, right? Mm-hmm. If you're unvaxxed and you're sitting home and you're like, oh, I want to go see this band, and then you read all the protocols and what you have to go through, or if you can get a test on your own and bring it in within 24 hours, but a lot of times tracking down that one test is going to cost you money, or maybe it's with one of those fake pop-ups and it's not going to be accurate. And so maybe the average concert goer who wants to go and see a a show is like, they're going to pass. They're like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, you know, I got a lot of other things at home. I, um, you know, I can play my PlayStation. I can watch TV, whatever. They can just avoid the hassle because they've really put a lot of that on the concert goer to figure it out, to, to navigate the, the, the ever shifting or non-existent protocols. So it's like, why, why don't, you know, and I think if sales, well, obviously there's a lot of postponements and cancellations, but if sales for live music go down, they really need to do some self-reflection there and see how they can improve that experience. 
you know, because things are different. We've got a lot going on and all of a sudden you have to stop your day and go, oh, I have to go get tested or I have to find a test site, you know, and just finding a site for me was, it took an hour of research on, uh, on, you know, the search engine. And I'm like, what average person has this kind of time? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's no, very it, inconvenient. It's, it, it is. It's, um, it's, uh, I hope it's not something that we have to deal with ongoing. I hope this is the end of it. Cause I keep reading articles that, you know, this is going to be the endemic and we'll be close to hear, herd immunity and all that stuff. Uh, I'm at the point now where I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I'll I don't believe, believe it that at all. Yeah. I'll believe it when we're actually not worried about the virus. You know what I mean? So viruses are they're they're cunning little yeah. um you know viruses they're they're existing to infect us. So mm-hmm. and they mutate on a regular basis and just like the flu. You get a flu shot and you're rolling the dice because you're hoping that the immunization, the vaccine itself has the appropriate flu in it mm-hmm. for the year. And some years they get it right, some years they don't. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it could be that we have a yearly COVID shot moving forward, in, you know, down the road. Mm-hmm. But again, you you have to guess on the variant. So it, it might be with us for a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know? it's, it's unfortunate, but I do think it's going to become the norm for at least the next decade. I don't see I, it. Uh, no. I don't see it you know, temp tempering down, uh, you know, I know there was a, there was something that they might be able to have a pill like a Zithromax people have taken the Z pack for bronchitis or something like that. There might be a treatment in that regard, but again, with with the virus mutating, is it going to be able to cover the the new latest and greatest COVID? Exactly. So it's may not, we don't know, but there is a solution. (laughs) There is a solution out there, but you know, it's um, well, one of the solutions is live streaming, right? Yes. yes. And, and I know where are we at with live streaming? Because before we Mm. start this part of the conversation, it seemed like it, it it had a lot of momentum. Like when the, Mm. when, when fans started to figure out ways to connect with their fans, it seemed like everybody hopped on board the streaming you know the streaming uh magic Concerts. carpet yeah. and uh it seemed to kind of like we predicted like it would be like an extra thing for bands mm-hmm. but some bands have like stopped doing it completely you know what i mean uh and i i understand the challenges but it really kind of has stuttered a little bit in terms of where it was headed i don't know i don't know what your thoughts are well I, have, I, 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 well, I have some statistics, and this okay. is from a great blog called Restream, and Restream has links to every single one of the reports that this information is based on, so you can find them and do your own fact-checking. But they are very positive on live streaming, and, um, and it's, it is really kind of an eye-opener, but uh, streaming increased by 21% globally between Q3 uh, 2020 and Q3 21. So you have to remember, I think streaming was kind of at zero <laughs> before that, right? Was. There wasn't a lot of streaming going on. So it really did grow. 
And 44% of live stream video viewers say that they watch less TV as a result of live streaming. Because a lot of people do a lot of small live streaming on Facebook and Instagram, and they're counting all that too, you know, and Twitch. All, all the um, technology, uh, social media platforms have live streaming capabilities. So you can basically plug it in your living room. And people are watching those videos, whether it's music or makeup tutorials or whatever. They, they counted all that in there. But a 44, 44%, that's almost half of, of video viewers saying they're watching less TV. So mm-hmm. people are spending more time uh, on Facebook and Instagram as a result of watching live streams. Um, yeah, I think a lot of habits were formed during COVID, right? Um, right. People are staying home more and there's, that's, you know, that's up to each one, each person individually, what they want to do. But yeah, I, I've noticed a lot of my friends don't go out as much. Of course, you know, we're getting older. I'm, I just turned 47. God, I can't believe Happy that. Birthday. But anyway, <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, I, I do think people are sitting on social media more because those those habits were developed by not doing anything during the right. pandemic. And, that, right. and, that, and once you start a habit, you know, it's hard to break. It's hard it. to break. Yeah, it says that 80% of consumers say that they'd rather watch a live video than read a blog. And um, 15% of people ages 18 to 34 watch live stream videos several times per day. So that that most desirable consumer demo, 18 to 34, 15% of those people are now watching uh, several times a day. So not only are they logging in on the morning, they'll check in the afternoon and the evening. So they're really, I mean, 80%, that's a big number. Mm-hmm. I, I would, didn't think it would be that high, but I, I'm kind of sad too, because people don't like to read. I'm like, okay. Um, especially the 18 to 34 year olds. <laughs> But here's something that is really interesting that I wasn't aware of. Um, 36% of enterprise streamers, that would mean corporate streamers, say their revenue has increased since they started live streaming their corporate events. So we may not see live streaming in the music industry, but live streaming is um, infiltrating or being utilized by corporate America or multinationals, whatever. And they are utilizing it. Uh, more and more as they move forward. And 36% um, saying that their revenues have increased, that only tells me that more of corporate America are going to use live streaming uh, moving forward. But here's a trend that I didn't even see on the radar, and I was kind of shocked, was one of the things that's going to be coming and coming hard and fast is live stream shopping. Because the um, online shopping, the e-commerce shopping, so I'm sorry, not e-commerce, shopping specifically on social media sites uh, has had phenomenal growth. So people are comfortable buying from Facebook and from Instagram and what have you. And they are, they they tune into that and that's going to grow. So live shopping is a growth area for live streaming. So, I mean, I don't know if I would do that, but I know a lot of people are. Hmm. And that's coming on strong. When you... Go ahead. 
Oh, I have four of the two or three other things. The other thing that's happening with live streaming that may be a reason that music is is a little bit slower is that it's leading to faster internet speed. Because one of the choke points was having really slow um, internet speeds. You know, the other trend is shorter videos. And the fourth trend that I think is really interesting is that 4K streaming is coming along. Oh, here's the number. Live shopping will transform customer experience on Facebook, IG, Twitter. And it's a $51.2 billion market. Wow. $51.2 billion e-commerce market on the socials. So that is why they're adopting live shopping. <laughs> wow. Didn't see that coming. I was like, no, wow. So, no. you know, that's, that's one of, one of the directions that live streaming is really headed. The other thing they, they mentioned that I thought was really interesting and it, and it really pertains to us is live stream music will replace traditional radio. It's slowly because, you know, the 18 to 34 year olds are not turning in, tuning into traditional radio. So live streaming music, wherever it may be, is slowly replacing our regular radio stations that we listen to over the air. Now, when you say that before people go, ah, radio's you know, going to officially die, it's, it, it's just going to be in a different form where you're you'll have you know let's just use Sirius XM you'll have Sirius XM Octane but it'll mm-hmm. be live streamed instead of you know the traditional way format that radio does it so you'll still have what you hear is familiar but it'll just be different the way it's processed and presented I think you're just talking about terrestrial radio which is slowly being replaced anyway, but there's just so many. Well, Terrestrial Radio for yes, yeah, is a lot of talk radio now. Oh yeah, boards. Yeah. Um, but but they're saying that live stream music instead of going to the radio station to listen to your music, you're gonna live stream of your favorite band over on Facebook or Instagram, and you're gonna listen to it there. You're not gonna tune in to you know. Kilowes or K Rock or whatever, right? And and that that whole demographic is shifting away from it. And now, after two years of live streaming, they were like, oh, "No, we want to see our band play the music. That's where we will find it." So, and it and that really took off in pandemic, you know. And it took off so well that Twitch added separate category just specifically for live streaming music, and they are one of the, the biggest ones. But the the ten thousand pound gorilla in the room is any guesses? No, what is it? Tick TikTok. TikTok is supreme. Let me just step in real quick about Twitch. There there are radio stations that are broadcasting through Twitch as as on mm. radio. So so there are radio stations here in Chicago that are doing that. Now, as far as TikTok goes, right, like, yes, I think it's having an impact on artists. My only question is, I don't know if they've been able to quantify how much impact. Like, you get a lot of followers, you get a a lot of shares and people watching your stuff. But for a band, does it translate into merch sales, album sales, ticket sales? I 
I think it will. If they add live streaming capability, it's going to crush everything else because they have one billion users and growing. Yeah. It's a number, right? So, um, you know, even if you're not making a merch when you're a, a small band, but if you've got your numbers are up, that's just going to increase your opportunities for uh, endorsements or getting signed to a major label or a publishing deal or placement or, or video game or whatever. You just can't deny that. I mean, you know, they they are, they're going to take over mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's just, because of the, the number of users, you know, right. you just can't argue with a billion users. So whichever direction they go, their followers are going to follow. And, and if you're a small band, probably TikTok isn't a bad way to go. No, know? no. I definitely think it helps in some respects. I'm just not sold on the, um, you know, the, how, how much money it's helping these artists. You know, well, I would like to see them break that out and have yeah. that data available. And if it's out there, if anybody wants to send that link, Christine Twitter.com, because I would love to get my hands on those numbers because that's that's a real proof in the pudding, like you're saying. Um, but whatever they do, um, other people are going to chase them and try and follow it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, right now, um, the prediction is they're just going to really overtake all the other platforms this year and moving forward. When, so I, I'm a little disappointed because I'm not, a, I'm sorry, TikTok. Um, it's not my thing. I like, you know, something longer than 15 seconds, but you know, it goes back to the 18 to 34 year olds, you know, they, they like the short little things that they well, don't have to read. That was my whole point. It's long, some of the stuff is longer than 15 seconds. Some of the stuff you got, you know, a couple minutes, minute and a half, you know, so there, there's some um, extended TikTok videos out there, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's basically for the young generation who doesn't have the attention span that our generation has, you know, where it's, everything's in snippets. Everything is pretty much, you know, very quick, absorbed very quickly and comes at you very quickly. But getting back to live streaming, because I know we're, we're, you know, we're going into some things that, um, I don't want to forget about a couple of questions. Oh, I well, well live, TikTok is going to add live streaming. That's why it's right. going to, yeah. yeah. But, but my point is though, getting back to live streaming on a question I had, you know, as far as the bands go, it seems like, well, let me back up. There, there's an artist that I've mentioned here before, one of my favorite artists that I, I love to listen to, Pete Yorn. Right. And he does these Facebook live streams for his fans. He gets a great response. And basically he does this, you know, a five, six, seven song set. It's pretty quick. And he takes requests from his his member, his fans. And it's got a very um very cool interaction between he also does stuff that isn't is interactive like he'll do you know an album that you know in its entirety acoustically i I feel i feel that those types of live streams are more attractive to fans yeah because it's different whereas i think bands putting on you know the rock show yeah it's tough to to really have someone connect with that because one of the things that's so vital to a concert, a rock concert 
is the energy the crowd gives right. back to the artist. And yeah, it's cool to watch. Like I saw the Stephen Piercy one back in the spring of last year. Phenomenal. They did a phenomenal job. And I've seen other couple good live streams, but I think, and Ron and Esty, the promoter who I had on recently talked about this, the energy just, it's not there. No. I think it's something intimate though. I think it's something intimate where you're doing something acoustically or you're taking fan requests. I think that is really the way to go because, you know, you're, you're finding that connection with your audience where, you know, a lot of people aren't watching TV. They're watching through their computer. They're watching on their phone. They don't get the energy that a concert has. No, they don't. They won't. But I will tell you the people that are utilizing live stream, um, are the really big acts. Adele, one night only, had 10 million viewers, right? So the venue holds, what, 25,000 or 12,000 or whatever. And on top of it, she gets to add another, you know, you can do the math, but (laughs) 9 million, blah, 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 blah. 9 million viewers. And if they're paying 20 bucks a pop to watch a live stream, that's a revenue stream that the acts like Adele and of course BTS who are, who rule the live stream game, you know, that Korean um, boy band, um, they just, their numbers are off the charts, right? Because they have a built in fan base. So it's making sense for them and it is definitely adding to their bottom line. But for some smaller artists like Peter Yorn, or I actually saw the Rival Sons live stream from Avalon, and I just thought it was magnificent. It was really well done. Um, is it weird watching a rock band at home by yourself in bed? Yeah, it's like you just like, oh, this is like weird, you know? <laughs> I mean, maybe for for bands in the medium to smaller categories, um, or maybe the medium, maybe not the smallers, but but have it have a live stream broadcast at a bar, like they used to do the pay per view for um, boxing and what have you, and then so you would have energy with people who bought a ticket to go to that particular venue and watch the yeah. concert live stream, yeah. right? I'm no, hoping that's going to be an option. You know, I mean that way you're not you know going. Gee, I'm watching a rock concert by myself because it is a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's why the fans didn't take to it. I don't know, but it's we hard also have to, to remember numbers, that you know? we also have to remember that there's a continental divide in terms of how we absorb things through generations, right? Like our generations probably never going to warm up to live streaming completely. Right. Yeah. Because we've been absorbed to so many things and so many different ways to get the music. But, you know, my son's generation is probably going to feel completely different about it. Right. So at some point as our, you know, generation starts to get older and older and older and eventually, you know, become dust in the ground, dust in the wind, Kansas reference. Um, the generation that my son and after will be more accepting of these types of events, the live streaming and whatnot. So I do think that right now 
the people with all the money, our generation, right. And a little, mm-hmm. a little younger, mm-hmm. um, don't want this right They're They're, they, they do, but they're not like, they're just dipping a, the toe in the water. They're not fully committed to becoming a regular live streaming customer. Right. Whereas the younger generation, the people without the money are so tied to technology, phones, iPads, whatever, that, yeah, I think they're going to be more accepting. And as they get older and have more influence because they start making money, I think you'll really start to see it take off in terms of revenue, in terms of, you know, like my son being, you know, 30 years old, having a career going on TikTok or whatever the social media platform is in 13 years, mm-hmm. being a band play, clicking on the band, going to the merch page, ordering a t-shirt and it's in a, in, in a, uh, I mean, they probably won't even have a lot of CDs in 13 years, but whatever, yeah. a vinyl and then address credit cards on the phone or the wallets on the phone. Boom. Now they got a t-shirt and a vinyl coming. They're watching the, the, the TikTok, Instagram, whatever video. And that's when it'll be, most yeah, have the most impact um probably so yeah it's probably yeah. a few years out i mean yeah. but they ended this um article with if you're a musician or work in the music industry live streaming should be on your radar mm-hmm. so i see it's not on the radar yet for a lot of people so you're right in that sentiment is i think it's um building and well we i think also too, yeah i think to venues and promoters want to not so much the 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 venue but as ron and essie said that you know a lot of of times of live streaming you've got to worry about licensing you've got to worry about all the stuff so there's an additional cost that Mm -hmm. has to be passed through and if not enough people are getting on the live stream event whereas people are there physically for the show you know, they, they haven't figured out how to find that balance where they make money because promoters and let's face mm-hmm. it, they're into making money. You know, I mean, you they know, have he, to. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, Ron and Esty said on the show with new bands, if you're sending me your stuff, that's great. But tell me how you're going to make me money. Exactly. That's the bottom line. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so the venues, I think can do it because I think they have the pockets to do it where the promoters may not, but you know, I do think that any band listening, any new band, you need to find your niche and develop that live streaming niche of what you do and what makes you unique about it and, Mm -hmm. or what works for other bands or artists kind of in your, you know, in your lane, right? Exactly. So, so if a intimate acoustic set followed by a Q and a once a week for an hour, you do 40 minutes of acoustic stuff, you take requests and then you answer questions for 20 minutes. That seems to have a lot of impact because everybody loves that, that connection with their favorite band or bands that they're into. So that definitely has a, a way to work. Um, oh, yeah. You know, does the full show, you know, on a stage with just one camera angle work? Mm-hmm. It may in the Maybe. beginning, but I think people will get tired of that. 
Yeah. You know? Well, well what they're saying is that um, new platforms are emerging in the live stream area and the quality and especially the audio quality is going to get better and better. But you're right about the copyright thing. So if you're, uh, you're live streaming from a bar and there's a, a beer sign behind you that's clearly branded and identifiable, if you haven't paid to use that sign or you've got to take it out right? Mm-hmm. Or you got to cut a deal with them. So yeah, it's fraught. Live streaming is just fraught with a lot of obstacles at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but I think this article is trying to say that, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of other things that are live streams going to be used for that I didn't list and it's worth checking out. But what they're saying is that it's probably in its, it's a toddler right now, maybe mm-hmm. not in its infancy, but as things get better, as people figure out the copyright, as they figure out the lives, the audio quality and all of those things and how to ticket it right and price it right and how to do all of that, it's going to get better and better. And they're, they're thinking this article indicates that it's going to be a large part of the live music industry moving forward. Yeah, so, I think so too. But when is that going to happen? Like I just said, when the younger generation, the technology-driven generation mm-hmm. starts having influence, which means they start having careers, they start making money, they have the power of influence to purchase a live stream event. Right now, you know, people who do have the money and do have the careers, yeah, the younger they are, they may be more likely to, to, to have an interest in it. But I know like myself, you know, it's hard for me to really, I, yeah. I like some of the stuff that I see. Like I mentioned Pete Yorn and there's some other bands too. I think Blacktop Mojo does a great job. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So you just got to find your, and you got to be consistent with it too. Ugh. You know, like some bands will do it and then all of a sudden they'll drop off for two months, you know? Mm-hmm. That's no bueno. Uh, yeah, so do that. I think I I think yeah, you're right. So you know, when you look into the future, maybe it's five years or six years or seven years from fully growing into mm-hmm. its potential, right? So, but I, I think right now there's just going to be small steps and getting again, just like the, the COVID protocols. I mean, this is a solution for COVID. You not depending yeah. on if this variant and way we reach herd immunity or something new comes along, you know, I think the industry is going to like again, like you know, the Live Nations might have you're going to have to have contingency plans to right. Streams has to be in the mix. It may not be the right answer, but I have a feeling it's got to be on the table, you know, because. Otherwise, if, if the live industry, if we really tank this year, if nobody goes out to uh, see any bands and everything is postponed and rescheduled, I mean, I, honestly, I'm still holding three tickets for Pearl Jam <laughs> for a gigaton release. Okay. So yeah, I, yeah. you know, is that on the right? If they say, you know what, we're not going to do it. We're going to live stream it. I'm going to say, hell yeah, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. You know? And for the money I paid, I expect a couple of t-shirts and a poster and a little merch, you know. It's, it's going to have to be on the table as an option, you know, as we move through potential variants coming in the future for any legacy bands like Pearl Jams and Allison Chains and, and, you know, all of those bands in that particular bracket who have huge 
fan bases, but maybe they're not in a position to tour for health reasons or age or whatever. Live streaming has got to be an option, at least has to be on the table. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody, I'm holding tickets and I'm like, am I ever going to see this concert? I would be satisfied with live stream at this point. Right. And I can't see that they're going to just jump up and tour immediately. You know, there uh, certain bands of a certain age have to really consider health risks going out on the road now. So I don't, I don't know the answer if it's going, you know, if the big bands are going to adopt it and move forward with it, or they're just going to wait for touring to come back or they're going to do a combo. But I'm thinking that something has to be worked out for the fans, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise we're sitting here holding tickets for a concert that may never happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still think, um, with the stadium tour with Motley Crue and Def Leppard, I'll believe it when I see it, you know, right. it was like, um, you know, they just can't find, can't do uh, it. they said, right. you know, Nikki six confirmed it today or yesterday, but, Oh, okay. You know, that doesn't mean anything if, if another variant, no. comes up, you know, or maybe they just, they, you know, they're, they've got to have an older staff with them too. Maybe mm-hmm. they just don't want to take all those people out on the road. And exactly. expose them to, you know, because when you're traveling as a touring band, wow, you're you're going to be in a lot of different places that you can't avoid contact with people, right? So all those all those things have to go into planning a tour now, mm-hmm. and and so I I just think it it's going to have to be an option moving forward, but we'll, well see. Let's- Let's hope things get better throughout this year. Oh, yeah. Since, uh, you know, since the beginning is not starting out so great. So hopefully, you know, springtime, I'm supposed to be on ship rocks. I'm supposed to be on ship rocks right now. And this year, um, you know, I think basically you're going on a cruise ship. I mean, that's a big, big ship with a thousand people on it. Whether you're it's like a giant petri dish, the way I look at it. I don't see it's I don't see cruise why? ships. Anymore. I don't see cruise ships anymore. I see petri dishes right. floating in the ocean. Right. Basically. <laughs> like, well, it's like if you didn't have COVID before be you got on, you'll have COVID before you get off. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, would I like to see that live streamed? Hell yeah. yeah. Oh my, that would How do you been, do that on a cruise ship though? I don't know. You're in the yeah. middle of the ocean. I doubt it. So, I mean, yeah, that's impossible, but I still would have loved to have seen it. <laughs> or if they package it and put it out and, you know, as, as a recorded live, I'm okay with yeah, that too. That's so, true. but, but I'm, I'm hopeful 2022 and I, I think they, and bands moving forward should just definitely look at all their options you know that's that's the bottom line you've got to look at everything before you plan a tour um and investigate live streaming if that's an option for you um or not and doing it small like you say on facebook building a fan base i mean there are still things bands can do even if they're stuck at home you know yeah well, let's hope it gets better. Let's hope it improves. Yep. Let's hope uh, 2022 is ends better than it started. Everyone, that's Christy and Eagle. Thanks for doing this, Christy. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. 
Everyone, check out all the latest and greatest Hook Rocks episodes. Thanks for Christine Eagle. Thanks to Christine Eagle for joining the Hook Rocks. Stay safe, everyone. Stay healthy. Take care of each other. And also stay warm, too, because it's freaking cold out there. We'll talk soon. Take care. At the mall and she dances on the dark side of the disco ball. She drives a silver Mercedes made in the 80s. She swears and stares at the bughead ladies as she shadows me. Lovely was it scratching my back while she's singing all the words to my head and track from the heart of a record far as I can tell. And it sounds like heaven and feels good as It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.